wherever you're listening from, we pray this message inspires you to love strong, shine bright, and live free. If you've got a Bible, I'd love you to go to the book of Exodus. We're kind of still camping in there for a little bit longer. We'll also go over to the book of Joshua. And uh, I want to talk to you this morning. Is this mic loud? If I were to bring it up a bit loud, maybe just bring it down in case I need to shout. Uh, In case I need to get my preach on, we just want to make sure that's not too loud. But um, I want to talk to you this morning and then next week as well about navigating seasons, navigating seasons. As I was preparing this message, I realized that I had two messages, not one. So I kind of split it in half yesterday. So hopefully this ends fine. But uh, and if, if this is your first time here uh, this morning, you may have noticed around the place on the walls, the windows, on the television, on the screen behind me, this phrase that we've been plastering uh, in and out of the last few weeks, a new season is now upon us. And that's kind of a prophetic statement for us. We, we're kind of sensing and feeling what God has been saying, and it's kind of encapsulated in, in this statement, a new season is now upon us because we believe that God, with our lives and with our church, is wanting to do a new thing. Amen? If you believe me, or you, you can kind of be convinced, say amen, or say yes, or yeah, or something, that'll be great. And um, all, all of last year, most of you will know this story, we kept hearing God say through different people at different places, the same kind of thing. Hey, it's a new season for you. Uh, Aspire Church, you're coming into a new season. The old season is ending. God's wanting to bring us into something new, something something different, something we've never experienced before. And I, you know, I got to hear this so many times, it got really hard to ignore. And we just have been trying to take heed of that and steward the prophetic picture that God was, was painting for us. How many know that's so important, not to despise prophecy, but to steward it well, write it down, meditate, you know, think about what God's inviting you into. And and so we made up this little vision document. Uh, if you haven't read that, really take a, take a good look, of, look at that. It just sort of outlines our response to what we feel God is saying and where we're wanting to move to. And we'd love you to take it home if you haven't done that and pray for your church. We need God's hand on the things that we want to do that are outlined in that little, little uh, document. And so we feel like he's calling us to do in order for us to step up into this new season is uh, part of that, and you can listen to the last few weeks of messages to hear a little bit more about that. And so I just want to talk to you about transitioning seasons. It's a big word, transitioning seasons. And um, the steps that we've got to take there and just the pathway to changing uh, seasons. We're in this place right now as a church. I think it's like a transitionary space. We are contemplating and preparing and dreaming about what that new season could could look like, but I'd hazard hazard a guess that there's probably some people in this room, some people who are going to be listening to this message later this week who are experiencing a similar thing in their own personal life. God is doing something new. God is changing you. God is God is putting putting a new dream in your heart, or He's wanting you to step into something new. I, I just I just found whatever God's speaking to the church about corporately, He's also speaking to us individually as well. And so, I pray this will be a help to you in some way. Because of all of the planning and praying and the preparation that we've been doing, that I've been thinking about, I've come to realize when it comes to season shifts is they're not always easy to embrace. They're not not always um, 
they're kind of not just always sort of high fives and yeah, yahoos. It, it, it's, it's, they're not always easy to navigate. And, and just like the, the natural seasons that happen around us, the end of summer, like who, who loves the end of summer? No one, a few, are, well, wow, okay, I didn't expect anyone to put their hands up, but, but I, I don't like when summer ends. It's like saying goodbye to a good friend, you know? I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to pack away the, the, the jandals. I want to be like Kent Longman, who always wears jandals, no matter what the season is. Um, but but we don't we don't always fully understand. This is, I guess, one of the things that I've been realizing: the the implications of what's required of us in terms of change when things shift, when when, when God begins to move us in in different ways and in different places. We generally like the concept, the idea of something new. We get excited about the possibilities. We love to kind of talk about what things could be like. But often we don't realize what a new season will require from us. We don't give a lot of time to that about actually what, what is this going to take from me? What, what changes do I have to make to embrace what God's calling me, me into? Often we overlook that because usually change is uh, as much as we kind of say we like it, most of us don't like change. Or at least we don't like the discomfort that comes with change, which is always necessary. Next, next week, I want to talk to you about one of the main reasons, I reckon the main reason why people fail to take hold of the new things that God has for them, and that's called the curse of familiarity. It's a stone waller when it comes to our progress in, in the kingdom of God, familiarity and comfort. I don't want to give away too much of next week's message. Come back uh, next Sunday as well. The book of Ecclesiastes says that there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. In other words, we know seasons come and seasons go, just like the natural seasons. It was summer, it's now autumn, we're now having to mow our lawns and we didn't have to for the past three months, but we come in out of seasons which we have to recognize and respond to. We've got to acknowledge that that God is pulling us somewhere else or to something else, to a greater thing, because life is just made up of seasons. Stuff changes. You cannot just stay the same. You could, but it's going to lead to a pretty dull, a pretty boring life. We've got to change. We've got we to move. I can, I can think of the many times in my own life where I've experienced the change of seasons. You know, getting married was a big season shift. How many have got married before? And, well, you've got you to change, right? You cannot stay the same when you enter into marriage. Something major has got to, got to shift. You've got to stop living for yourself and start living for the other person. I, I remember coming into full-time ministry, just a change of season. Everything changed. I had to step up. I had to think a different way. Becoming a parent. Any parents in this place? How many know how much life changes when you become a parent? You can't just kind of do the same things. You're now living for someone else again. I remember becoming a parent of a teenager. That's a whole new season. Thank God I have angelic teenagers. They are, they are. They're awesome, awesome kids. But new seasons require often a new set of eyes, new way of thinking, new level of maturity that is required of us. And there are, there are other season shifts that you've experienced before, no doubt, uh, perhaps more subtle, maybe more significant, that God, God actually wants us to recognize and prepare for, particularly as a body, as a church what he's calling us into, that we don't just kind of sail into it, but we prepare ourselves well for that. We don't want to ever get in the way of what God is wanting to do in our lives. 
we don't want to hinder, stall, or, or block what he's, he's wanting to do. And the great Old Testament example of this, and we've looked at this over the last few weeks in the, in the Old Testament, is, is the nation of Israel. And it's written right through the book of Exodus. You know the story how, how uh, Israel being led by Moses out of one season, they were having a real hard time, weren't they? Navigating into the new season that God had for them. Like the writing was on the wall. Stuff was happening around them, but they just didn't quite, quite get it. They had a hard time shifting seasons. In Exodus 14, verse 11, and it will come up on the screens. There it is right there. You can turn to it as well just to make sure I'm actually reading the Bible. But it, it says this of Israel, and I'm going to just talk about navigating seasons a little bit this morning. It says, after they fled Egypt, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? There's a statement about someone who's not actually recognized the season God's pulling them into. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? How many times do we read this same word, Egypt, Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. You know, sometimes the shift from one place to another feels like a huge mistake. It feels like, oh no, what have I done? What, what, what have I done? What, what have I said that we would do? What have I written down and declared that, that we are going to do? Oh no, uh-oh, have I taken things too far? But I want to tell you the transition from one season to another is not always easy. It's not always a, a, a walk in the park here. Israel was certainly troubled. And that was just chapter 14. That was just one part. If you turn over to chapter 15, you keep reading about their little journey, transitioning seasons. It says, after they'd crossed the Red Sea in Exodus 15, and the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. That's just, uh, that's just Exodus 15. What about uh, Exodus 16? Verse 2 says, Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. In other words, where we'd come from, the old season, where we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate the bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Do you know what it was like for them in Egypt? The place they're saying here where we sat by the pots of meat and ate our bread to the... They were slaves. It wasn't good. But here they are transitioning seasons, thinking about the way things were and going, man, I'd love to be back there. I'd love to be in bondage again. I'd love just to be making bricks. I'd love to be, to be led by that task, hard, hard taskmaster. Just, oh, 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 to be a slave. And that's just chapter 16. What about chapter 17? Therefore, the people contended with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. They were a thirsty bunch. So Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water and the people complained against Moses and said, why is it that you've brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, what shall I do with these people? says they are almost ready to stone me, I think Moses was probably ready to stone them. 
And, and we can read these kinds of passages, Exodus 14, 15, 16, 17, and on and on it goes about a people group who are transitioning out of one place to another, are coming into a new season, and how they're just not getting it, they're just not seeing it, they're just not recognizing or discerning what God is wanting to do. And we can read that in the with the benefit of hindsight and sitting in our comfortable chairs a few thousand years later, looking back and shaking our heads and going, what were they thinking? How did they not recognize what God was up to? It wasn't like a secret. It wasn't like it had not been said to them explicitly over a few hundred years what God, God was going to do. I read this and I go, man, how did they not embrace this epic season shift? How did they miss that completely? I mean, if you know the Old Testament story, the story of Exodus coming out of Egypt and going into Canaan was marked with great prophetic promise. God had spoken to the father of Israel, Abraham, many, many, many years before about what would take place. This was a story that would have been retold to them over and over again. This is what God has said. This is what God is going to do. A new season will one day come. There will be a time when you will leave this place and go to the promised land. It was full of promise, full of prophetic promise. It was sealed with great signs and wonders which followed them wherever they went, like the plagues that got them out of Egypt. There was a whole other supernatural stuff happening there. Remember the Passover? Just a small little thing that happened. The parting of the Red Sea. Eh, bitter waters made sweet. Water from a rock. Bread from heaven. Pillar of cloud uh, uh, and fire to guide them. I mean, why was this not so obvious for this nation? That God was moving them. He was taking them in transition from one place to another. And I just want to suggest to kind of think a little bit more about this is that it's not always easy to see when you're in a season of transition. It's not always that easy to recognize and especially it's not that easy to embrace. Because there's a whole lot of history at the place that you came from. There's a whole lot of history there. There's a whole lot of familiarity with the people that you used to know. There's a whole lot of comfort with the way that you're used to doing things, right? There's a whole, whole lot of time doing things one way to now have to do it another. And so the challenge when it comes to navigating seasons is they don't just happen to you, but they will always require something new from you. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. <laughs> There's something that is always required from us. Season shifts, unlike in the natural, they don't just happen. We have to actually step into them. And this has kind of been the, 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 the thing we've been talking about, the thrust of these messages the last couple of months. But we need to respond. We need to recognize. We need to apprehend. We need to take those steps. We need to discern, oh, yes, this really is a new season. What have I got to do? What, I got, what have I got to shift off myself? What have, I got to, what have I got to change? What kind of thinking do I need to put down and pick up some, something, something new? The challenge with navigating new seasons is they don't just happen to you. They will always require something new from you. What's he saying? What's he wanting from you in this new season as you transition, as you process this? What, what different things are you going to need to be embracing and looking at? It's funny, I'm thinking about epic season shifts. We have this, that in the Old Testament. 
you think of the life of Jesus, the first words out of Jesus' mouth when he begins to preach, uh, to, when he begins his ministry, as he, Jesus, begins to usher in an epic new season, like the greatest season that's ever existed, the old covenant to the new covenant, a covenant of, of, of uh, judgment and, and trying to keep the rules to one of grace and mercy and love. Jesus, Jesus was that covenant bringer, right? He died on the cross. His blood was spilt to seal that covenant in place for mankind. And, and, and the first words out of Jesus' mouth, when he first begins to speak, he says this, repent. That's the first word out of Jesus' mouth. Not, hi, I'm Jesus. I'm really cool. No, he says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, you're going to have to change. To embrace this season, which I, Jesus, is, is coming to, to usher in, you're going to have to change the way you think. You're going to have to change the way you look at things. He's talking to the Pharisees. You're going to have to do things a whole lot different. Why? Because you're going to miss otherwise who I am and what I'm coming to do to the earth. He said this in Luke 12, verse 56. He speaks it to the Pharisees, but you know what? We should listen to this. He says this. He says, hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you do not know how to interpret this present time? And what he was saying to the Pharisees is he's like, listen, your Savior is right in front of you. The greatest moment in time is right before you. I'm it. I am the one that has been prophesied about. I am he. And you are missing it. You know all the signs. You know, all the, all the kind of the, the appearances of the earth and the sky, but you do not know how to recognize the present change that is coming right before you. Such a sad moment for them. So we've got to be prepared to say, okay, God, wow, whatever this is going to cost, what, however much this may hurt me in the journey forward, whatever this is going to require from me, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you and whatever it is you're wanting to make me into, whatever it is you're calling me to do, whatever step you're calling me to step up into, whatever it is you're wanting to take me, whatever it is you're wanting me to put down and whatever it is you want me to pick up, it's worth it and I trust you as I transition into a new season. Is this making some sense to someone this morning that's good? I've found, man, season shifts, season transitions are not always easy. They are challenging. They, they require change from us, even great season shifts. And we're, as a church, we're thinking our season shift is going to be a great one. It's a, it's a shift from just survival mode and just trying to get by to dreaming again and singing, what, what God could you possibly do in our city through us? I'm thinking about one of the great season shifts in, in, in my life was when I, when I got married uh, 20 years ago uh, next month. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Uh, that's worth a chocolate bar soon. But uh, I, I've, shared this, I've shared this story before. And um, I, I used to be, I still am, a little bit of a mama's boy, right? Like, I love my mom. I love you, mom. Actually, mom, if you're hearing this, I just blew you a kiss. Didn't want you to miss that. But that's what was happening to her. And I, I love, love my mom, and, and I had it really good at home. I was a homeboy, and in fact, I lived at home with mum and dad until the morning of my wedding day. All right, so <laughs> I had it real good, real good at, real good at home. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, really, um, 
right up until the day I got married, my mom was washing my clothes, making my lunch every morning, and all of that changed. I mean, I got upgraded, you know, but don't think it was bad. I, I got upgraded, but, but uh, we, we actually shifted back into my parents' home once we were married. Probably a year later, we were, we were in between houses, and we needed a couple of weeks to stay somewhere, so I thought, man, let's just go, go back to my mum and dad's. It's going to be awesome again, and, and so mum's making, my, making my, my breakfast every morning, and, and she's ironing my undies. It's just it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing, and I remember talking to Caroline. We were going for a walk, and I'm going, this is great, isn't it? Like, why don't we just stay? We've just got the best of everything. And she looks at me with this, I don't know what kind of look it was, but it was an evil look. <laughs> it was a look I've not seen too many times. And it was saying, if you read between the lines, we are not going to do that. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, I, I lived at home for 23 years, as I said, until, until the day I, I got married. And then we went on to a honeymoon the following day. We got married on a Saturday, Sunday. We went, went away and then we came back and we moved into our new home and, and it was a new season for us, a season of adjustment, a season of enjoyment. You know what I'm talking about? Just a, it was a great, a great new, a new season of our life. And then one afternoon after we'd gotten back, we're probably home for a few, a few months and just getting back into new routine, and I'm driving home from the train station. I lived in I lived in the Cavity Coast, worked in Wellington, would take the train and commute home every day. And our our house was past my parents' house. Like you had to drive past the driveway to get. We lived in a different suburb, but you'd have to go through our old house to get there. And it, as I said, it had been a few a few months, a few weeks, and without thinking, I'm driving home this afternoon, and I subconsciously indicated left and drove up my parents' driveway. I drove up onto the uh, drive of my parents' house. I got out of the car and I walked to the front door and I was just about to open it when I suddenly realized, hang on a minute, I don't live here anymore. I, I don't actually live here. This, this, is, this, is not, this is not my home. This is not where I live anymore. And I'm thinking about that when it came, came to Israel here in, in the book of Exodus. They couldn't quite come to terms with the fact that Egypt was no longer their home. It was Egypt this and Egypt that. If only we could be back in Egypt because it was so great and so good. And boy, our tummies were full. I didn't mind the whippings and the beatings because boy, that bread was great. You know, they just kept on thinking about the way, the way that it was, but they had moved. God had moved them. God had said, it's time to move on. They had moved out. They were supposed to be in a new season. And it's that great cliche, Israel had been taken out of Egypt, but Egypt was taking a long time to get out of Israel, right? And you know what? We can kind of read this and hear this and we can laugh at their stubbornness, at their stupidity, at their inability to really recognize what was going on, their inability, inability to embrace the freedom which God had brought them into. But listen, listen, we can be just as guilty. We can be just as stupid. We can be just as stubborn. We can completely miss it just like, just like they did. Some of us have moved into new seasons, into new places, into new spaces with our lives, but there are still things that we do 
There are still attitudes that we have. There are still thoughts that we still entertain in our minds. There are habits and there are patterns that take us right back to the front door of our old home. The old season, the place that we were so wanting to get out of and get away from, there are things that we still do that take us right back to the front door of our old place. There, there is a whole lot of familiar territory that we just love to go back now and then and revisit, right? Come on, let's be honest this morning. We love visiting old friends, you know, oh, like jealousy and anxiety, and worry, and, and, and unbelief, and hopelessness, and self-pity. Why? Because it feels good. It feels homely. Oh, that's right. And some of us like to just visit for a moment and go, come on, man, I'm, I'm actually in a new season. But others, we like to take a nap there. We like to open the door and kind of sneak inside and go, where's the bedroom? I'm going to lie down here and just fret for a little while. I just want to have all the burden on me and instead of God, you know. <laughs> and we just start to worry again. And some of us like to have more than just a little visit. But listen, I want to tell you that to embrace the season you've been called into, you've got to say to some of those old ways, I don't live here anymore. I don't live in this place. I'm been, I've shifted out. I have moved. I've given my notice. I do not belong here anymore. That may have been who I was. That might have been my old address, but I have moved. You got to speak to everything in you that longs for the old season, the place where you once lived. Learn from the people of Israel and declare to those things, this is not my home and I am not returning. And whenever you feel like pulling off the road and driving up that driveway and getting out of your car and starting to head back to those old patterns, those old ways that you've been rescued from, you've got to remind yourself you've had a change of address and you don't live here anymore. Israel went blind. They had seen, they had experienced God in the most incredible ways. They'd seen him come through with rescue and deliverance and provision and protection and guidance and on and on it goes. But you know what? Something in their hearts couldn't quite let go of Egypt. Something on the inside of them wouldn't quite embrace the place where God was leading them into. And that is such a sad narrative, such a sad story, because what did it lead them to do? It caused them to drift. It caused them to wander. It caused them to stall. It caused them to lose momentum. And it ultimately caused many of them to never enter the place where God had called them to go into. As we've been talking about, a trip that should have only taken some days took 40 years because they could not transition seasons. Am I talking to someone this morning? There, there are people I believe that are listening to this, maybe in this room, maybe people listening after this morning, right on the podcast, none of us here, but, but who, are, who are pushing away God's promises, who are pushing, actually pushing away what God wants to do in your life because you're stuck in an old season. There's something that you cannot let go of. There are things that God's called you to leave, but you're just having trouble with that, stuck in a season that God wants you out of. I believe he's wooing us, calling you. And some of those things, I'm not going to fill in the blanks. That's for you to do about what they may be. But he's calling you out and up from that place into another. It's a season shift, transition well. The Bible goes on to say that not one of that generation, apart from two men, 
Caleb and Joshua, who, who actually went on and stepped foot in the place that God had promised for them. Why? Because the others would not recognize. They would not embrace the season they were being brought into. And I get this. I understand the journey's never easy. It's never comfortable, it's, but it's worth it. It's worth every, every mile that we have to walk to get to that place. I want to encourage you, those here and those listening, you know, single mums who are, I don't know, raising your kids by yourself, you feel like just kind of compromising in some way, come on, stick at it. Believe that God's got you in this place for a reason and a purpose. Person who's struggling with their marriage, come on, don't give up. God's got this. He's wanting to make your marriage great and awesome and incredible, but you're going to have to persevere. You're going to have to stick in. Those who may be looking for work or a job, come on, you, God wants you to have employment, but you've got to hang in there and persevere and push, push forward. Amen. Jo- Joshua chapter 3. All right, let's kind of try to wrap this thing up this morning. Joshua chapter 3. And uh, we've been looking at this a little bit. I'm kind of just having an overview of some of these things. 40 years have passed. What should have been, as I said, a transitionary journey of a few days lasted like half a lifetime. And then Israel find themselves not in a transitionary season, but in a, a season that they needed to step into that promise. It's finally time for them to enter the place that God had given them. And uh, we've looked at these accounts, as I said, Exodus and the book of Joshua and previous messages. But Moses has passed away. Israel are under now a new leader, Joshua. He's rallied the troops. He's given the pep talk. And in Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, it says this. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall sit out from your place and go after it. Verse four says, yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it for that that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And I love this little warning, if you want to call it that, that Joshua gives here at the end of verse 4 of Joshua chapter, chapter 3. He tells them, listen, fellas, get yourselves ready. Get, get, get out, listen for the call, follow the instructions that are given to you. But listen, don't go running ahead, Joshua says. Why? Because you've not passed this way before. Where we are going, where this season that God is calling us into, we've not experienced this, this before. You've not passed this way before. And I don't know what, the, what, what it is, but this phrase kind of leaps out of the page at me, particularly I think where we find ourselves as a church. I believe God's calling us to go to places that we've never been before. It's new territory, it's new space, it's new promise, it's enlargement, it's things that I've not been able to take hold of, but they're before us. And we've got to be careful not to get ahead of ourselves because we've not been this way before. Don't go running ahead. And I, I don't know if I can do this justice in the time that i got left, but listen, in order for us to recognize and step into all that God has for us as a church, and I believe all that He has for you as a family, as individuals, 
individuals in order for us to really get out of survival mode and really get into dream mode, in order for you and I to take hold of the life that he wants you living, we will have to embrace the unknown. We got to. We got to be okay with that comfortable, if we can, with that very thing. We have to make friends with what we don't know because in stepping into new seasons, God will always lead us to places we've never been before. It's just the way of faith. And I don't want to give too much away to next week's message, but, but, but comfort and familiarity has got to be the first thing we're willing to leave behind when a new season is upon us. And I just want to give a whole lot of time to that because I think it's a critical thing that we really need to understand because new seasons will always take us where we've never been before. I wrote some things down last night, like at a midnight, uh, just very briefly. I think these are better read out than preached about who God is. Maybe we could have some guitar being played. That would be great. Thanks, Jimmy and I. I'll begin to, to wrap this up. Going where we've not passed before is about embracing God and his ability to lead us forward. It's the path where our faith comes alive, where our trust is enacted and our dependence on God is tested. The unknown path is yet well known to God. Think about that. Well known to God and and on it his ability to keep our feet from stumbling and our hearts from growing faint lights. What waits for us in the unfamiliar and the untrodden are the possibilities of greater things, the promises of the not yet seen and the realizing of our dreams. In the unknown, God is faithful. God will fulfill and God will make a way. Come on, let's be people of faith. Let's be people of expectancy. Let's be people who can dream about a future that is good. We don't have all the dots filled in, the whole picture painted, but we do know where he's calling us to. I'd love us just to pray. I want to pray over your season, the shifts. Maybe, and I feel like there's been shifts that God has already taken you through, but maybe you've not transitioned well into that space. It's like God, I feel, has opened the door for different ones, and you have kind of stepped into it, but it's like you got the coat, the tail of your coat caught in the door when it closed behind you. It was parts of the old season that you're still wearing. And I just believe God wants you to know that He loves you. That He loves you. He loves you. We could just end with that. But there are some things that He cannot give you because you're still living part of your life in that old season. So this morning, Lord, I pray for this church, families, my life, my family, these families, God, our church together. I thank you for where you're taking us. I thank you for the prophetic picture that has been painted, that has been spoken, that we are responding to. God, we're not going anywhere where you've not already told us to go. We're only responding to your words, your heart, your wooing and guiding. And I pray, Lord, for those places and spaces that are yet to be filled or that we are currently in now. With wherever there is parts of our lives, whether it be our minds, our thoughts, our, our, which is like your minds, our actions or our attitudes that are still living in an old season, I pray you would give us the strength to know what it is we need to let go of and what it is we need to pick up. 
thank you that just as you were with the people of Israel as you brought them into that place, just as you parted the Red Seas, the Red Sea, just as you did incredible things, God, you promised us still that you'd never leave us nor forsake us. And that your grace is sufficient, God, for every season that you'd have us walk into. So I pray right now for seasons walked, for seasons yet to walk into, for your strength, boldness on our lives, for your empowerment, for your grace and your love to be with us. May we be people who corporately recognize, discern and see, God, you're doing a new thing. What do you require of me? Pray your blessing upon this house, God, as we go forward. Pray, God, let's just have a bit of a prayer time here. We we pray for every door that needs to be opened to be opened in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that this is a season, Lord, of fruitfulness. God, not of striving, not of lack, but one of overflow, one of, one of your grace pushing us forward. And so, God, I pray for every door that seems closed but needs to be opened. Every door that's closed but not locked, be opened in Jesus' name. Give us the wisdom and discernment to know which path to take. Father, but give us faith and boldness, we pray in Jesus' name. Let this time be said as we look back that, man, that was exciting. As we walked into new things, look what God did and look what he's currently doing. We love you. We bless your name. Why don't we give the Lord just a clap of praise right now? We just thank you, God, for who you are, what you're doing in our life. Thank you, God, for changing us from the inside out. Thanks for listening. For more information about Aspire Church, find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Or check out our website, aspirechurch.org.nz. Love to see you on Sundays, 10am, 101 Hardy Street.